This is Carrie and Summer with the Say My Name podcast that gives a voice to women's stories. It's my story, it's your story, it's our stories of pain and healing. Please welcome Riley Abang to the Save My Name podcast episode number 15. Riley is a life coach certified in the Hungry for Happiness coaching program and specializes in helping women with anxiety. Her website is wildaircoaching.com. Please visit her site. She's amazing, talented, and incredibly inspired. Today we hear her story of how she left the Mormon church, her journey through the crisis of her faith, and how she began to understand the beauty of what she already has within. Carrie and I both have a very personal connection to this story because of our own experiences with leaving our religion and culture in order to pursue a more intimately spiritual path. We are blown away by her wisdom and spiritual connection. Okay, from the beginning, oh my gosh, how far should I go? <laughs> um, I don't know, because I, I am still, I'm still fairly young. You know, like I'm in my 20s, and 25. So, and I'm turning 26 soon. So it feels like to start at the beginning, I have to go you know, 10 years back or something and be, start when I'm 15. But, you know, a, one turning point in my life that shaped me and who I am, it did happen when I was 15. And it was, um, my dad suddenly died of um, brain cancer. Wow. So normally cancer is kind of something you find out about and then it's, it's drawn out. But for us, it was, we found out and three weeks later he was gone. Like oh immediately. Yeah. Oh. It was crazy. It was so random. And we didn't, I don't think anybody in my family saw it coming. I mean, when looking back, there were, um, there were signs that he was sick, but they were just like headaches and like things that you could blame stress on. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, his symptoms like drastically turned and he, he started acting a little more childish, started like his personality started changing and things like that enough that my mom was like, okay, you need to be seen. And, and yeah, we found out he had a tumor. And then three weeks later, like tumors, they were growing so fast. And then he was just, he was gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So as a 15 year old, you know, when you're 15, like everything that happens to you is dramatic, magnified on top, like on top of the fact that it's a death in the family. Like it was even worse. It was like, yeah, it, it was everything. Right. Yeah. And my dad, so I grew up um, in the Mormon church, which I know Carrie did. I don't know if, Summer, are you, did you grow up in the, yeah, okay. So we, so yeah, you guys get it. You Uh guys get it. So that's awesome. And, you know, I haven't shared anything about um, growing up in Mormonism and leaving the church publicly yet. This is my first time. So, but I feel great because what I was asked, I've been wanting to share it. I felt complete, like in the place where I'm open to sharing, I've been sharing with friends and family. Right. But to do it in a pub, like publicly like this, I wanted a safe space and, and your podcast is perfect, right? Like it's, it's, it's exactly, it's like the perfect scenario right now. So I feel really safe. My body feels safe. I'm just like, this is good. Yeah. It's good that we are 100% empathetic with you we get it because yeah. we both yeah not only have left a religion but the exact same religion yeah exactly yeah exactly so um 
while I was growing up, especially, I mean, I can't remember a lot, but from like the age of 10 to 15, I was so resistant to going to church. Right. Um, and my dad really wanted me to go. And he was kind of the one who was like, no, you're going to church to the point where sometimes he'd throw me in the shower in my pajamas. Like we're going to church. Right. Wow. <laughs> and when he died, it was so interesting because I feel like death puts you in such a place of uncertainty that you just start grab, you just start grabbing at something that's going to make you feel safe and certain about something, you know? And for me, it was religion. Like I just went so deep into the Mormon religion. I was like, I'm taking this on. I'm going to be the perfect Mormon. Like there was this story that because I was so resistant and my dad died, like if I embraced it, that would somehow, what's the word? Like, um, make up for the fact that he spent all that time with me fighting me, you know, like I wanted to make up for that. Right. Right. And what if maybe also you were maybe thinking that would connect you more to him? Cause that was, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's another thing. I haven't even thought about that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also it really did feel now I'm able to put language to it. Right. In the moment I had no idea what was going on, but now looking back, I was just, it really felt like that happened to me because of my action. Like it was a consequence, like he yeah. died because of what I did. Right. Right. I want to go to church. So this is your punishment. Exactly. Exactly. Which created this deep, deep, deep fear of God. Mm. Right. Which is something I didn't even unearth until even just a year ago. Like I didn't know that that was existing within me, but I feel like that was the point where it that fear was born, you know, that it was when it was created. So after like my dad died, I just dove right in and I'm the oldest of four girls, right. And, um, to watch my mom experience the death of her husband and, and then for me to have my sisters, like I just kind of grew up really fast and I was just like, I'm just going to take on all this responsibility. I'm going to be the perfect Mormon. I'm going to show up, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, um, I ended, I ended up getting married, right? Really quickly. 19. Yeah. Married. Of course. Too. Yeah. You too. You too, Summer? <laughs> um, I got married at 20, almost 20. Okay. Yeah. Still but, really young, you know? Yeah. And, and um, I remember my, I mean, the process of getting engaged and all of it was very exciting and it was just all happening so fast. And I remember the, the moment my, um, the, the temple president said, you are husband and wife. I just like broke down and started, I just ha- felt this rush of emotion. I was just like, I, I couldn't explain what I was feeling, but everybody was saying that this is joy. Like, you're just so happy. Um, but it was fear. It was like this deep fear of like, what did I just do? Like, I, I just got, I'm only 19 and I just got yeah. married. Like, what, what? Like it's a lot of responsibility, you know, and it did feel, um, there, it was almost like there was a lack of choice in the matter. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, in the moment I was like, no, I'm choosing this. But after going through the awareness process, right. I'm like, no, I didn't choose that. Like that was definitely an unconscious choice. Right. right? Yeah. A very, very, very forced 
And, and the other thing too, I could see that, <clears throat> that, that weight that you felt of, because um, in that religion there, you're married for time and all eternity. So yeah, be part. So this is like, I'm with this person forever, forever. It's like, yeah. Did I really make the right? I mean, that's, it's a, it's an intense decision and it's. Well, and what was big for me that day was like something that was really big. And I remember this still, I wrote about it the other day. Cause you know, we're right. We're looking into our stories and things. And, um, I wrote down, I remember feeling like, uh, what's, how do I explain this? Like in that moment, I was like, that's it. Like I can't ever get divorced. I can't ever leave this relationship because that would be wrong. And I don't do things that are wrong ever. Right. And if there comes a point where it's what I want versus what's right or wrong, I'm going to put right or wrong first. Absolutely. And, and that creates like this, oh, that just kills like your heart. Like, you know, when you have like, like a desire that you have that's so deep and then the right and wrong and to put that above your desire it was yeah it yeah i ended up spiraling in, into uh depression after mm-hmm. after that you know so after you um, you, you slipped into depression yeah it it was worse after i had my baby cuz i had um my first baby it was like uh 2 years after we got married um and during those 2 years i was really distracted by school because I was going to BYU. So at school, like I just went into this perfectionist mode, right? Like getting all the A's, um, a B would just like kill me. Like I had to get all the A's. I had to do it perfectly. I did four years worth of schooling in two and a half years. Like wow. I actually squeezed it down, you know, like the, like wanting to be a high achiever, wanting to just like show the world like what I could do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until like I graduated and I found out I was pregnant the week I graduated. Mm. Um, and then after that, it was just like, just spiral, like depression. Cause I was so burnt out from yeah. school. Plus I'm married. Plus I'm about to have a kid. Plus I don't know who the hell I am. <laughs> I was just like, ah! like what? How, um, how old were you when you were pregnant? 20, 21. Okay. Was it a planned pregnancy? It was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back, right. It's the same thing as marriage. It was so unconscious. It was just the next step. Yeah. Right. Expectations. Right. It was just like, well, we've been married for two years. I guess it's time to get pregnant. (laughs) You know? And it's like, well, we've been pregnant. I guess it's time to have another kid. Right. It's just kind of that, that next thing. And that's just, I, I don't know, just the whole idea of there's this way to do life and following that that path unconsciously so much suffering you know it just creates so much pain inside because it's not about what you want right it creates everybody's life to be in the exact same box and it yeah one person but another person needs a triangle like yeah. it just it it looks great on paper but it's it's just not the way that we are meant to be we yeah. we are meant to follow our heart, follow our intuition, follow what, what feel, follow our bliss, what feels good. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not what Susie Q over there thinks as amazing. Well, we're meant to hold what our bliss is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's- yeah. And that's, that's another thing, right? You're sitting there like, why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. Like I've done all the things I'm supposed to do. I'm doing all the right things and doing all this, blah, blah, blah. And yet I still feel like I'm dying inside, <laughs> you I- know? Um, that after I had, I, I mean, my, my story actually is the, um, of my baby that passed away is the podcast right before yours that we just, mm-hmm. yeah. so I don't, I don't like his experience. I don't really think of that one. Cause my depression was just different. It was, it was a loss. It was mourning. Yeah. After I had Emma, my, I went into a pretty intense depression mm-hmm. as well. And I think it was because I was like anticlimactic. I just, I had this idea of now I should be feeling complete. I've like com- I've done mm. what I do as a woman. I've I've gotten married. I was married in the temple, and I birthed a child, and everything should be perfect. And it wasn't. And I wasn't mm. happy. I was feeling guilty that I didn't really. I wasn't enjoying being a mother. And yeah. I was like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, and I don't enjoy it. Like, what's wrong with me? So yeah. I, the feelings that you felt after you had your baby or what was your depression? Do you feel like you know what it was, what it was stemmed from? You know, I couldn't put words to it until, um, a, like a, it was a year and a half later that I went into my first coaching program. Right. And I, I really couldn't put words to it. I just really thought there was something wrong with me. Um, And I, you know, I remember writing in my journal, like, where did my energy go? Like, where did my fire go? Like what's happened to me? You know, my, like the part of me that is lit up about life. Like, where did she go? (laughs) She's been gone for so long. And it wasn't until I was in my first coaching program that, well, before, before signing up for my coaching program, like I started hearing about um, like Brene Brown's talk on vulnerability, yeah. right? Yeah. I saw that. And yeah. then I had this friend who was so brave and she had publicly announced that she was leaving the church. And I just watched her and I was just like, what? Like, what? You can do that? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and just admiring her from deep down, but on the, t- on the surface being like, I could never, like, I could never do that. Oh my gosh. Right. And I remember like sending her the vulnerability talk and being like, this reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. And secretly like, I wish it reminded me of myself. Like, wh- why can't I do these brave things, you know? And that led me into learning about authenticity and what that means, right? To not hide, to not have one part of you inside doing one thing versus one side outside of you doing another thing, right? I'm like, oh my God. When I heard about authenticity, I was like on fire for like weeks. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is what I want. Like, that is it. That's what I'm craving. Like, that's what I need in my life. I need to be who I am. On yes. Like, you know. Feels so. And so, oh, it's just, yeah, just learning about the idea. I was like, what? Yeah. Yes. Like, that's what I'm looking for. People do and I actually, <laughs> I know. And I actually remember. So I can be unapologetically me? me? Yeah. I can just be me and life could work out for me. <laughs> Like I could make money and just like be happy and, you know, um, (laughs) it feels mind blowing. It is. It really is. Really. It did. It does. It did. Yeah. And I remember going to church and starting to use that word at church Yeah. and, and I started, um, publicly, like basically publicly investigating the church. Mm -hmm. So 
I started meeting with the missionaries. I told the missionaries like, Hey, I don't feel authentic at church. Like I don't feel it. I don't feel it in my bones. Like, and I want to feel this. If I'm going to come here, it needs to feel right for me. Right. And, um, I was talking about it at church and people were just like, what is this word that you're using? Like authenticity, like what is this? You know? And it was so we weird. We don't do um, that here. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And which is, which like, now that I'm outside of the church looking in, like, it's so sad. I'm like, God, like, can't we just, and there was a, there was a little time where I tried to like spread this kind of message of authenticity and it was, yeah, it, it did like light people up, but, but then there would be this kind of after reaction of fear, right? Like, just like, Oh, but that's not a lot, you know? Um, but I was like, I can't, like, now that I know about this, like, I can't, I can't go back. Like, I, I have to keep going down this path. Um, so I, I met with missionaries for like a year, like combed through every little thing. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. Like, there's just little tweaks to all these different truths that you're teaching me. And there's just a little tweak, just a little tweak. And it feels good to me. But that's not what you're teaching. That <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, yay, somebody gets this. Totally. Um, so I ended up, you know, I ended up leaving the church actually very peacefully. And like, I didn't feel angry or any, like, I was just like, actually, this just feels done. Like, it's just, I know that I've combed through all of this and it, it's not me. Wow. You know, and it, and it just felt so good. Like, um, and luckily, I'm really lucky because I had a lot of support from my husband and from my mom. Like, people wow. in my life weren't weren't judging. I mean, there was a moment where my husband was scared, right? He was like, wait, but what does this mean about, about how we end up, you know? And we kind of went through a little bump there. But for the most part, what he noticed and what, like, really had him supporting me was he could see me lighting up. Yeah. You know, like he, he saw me in my depression. He'd, he'd be the one sitting there at the end of the bed. Like what, like what is going on? This doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know what to do for you. I don't know how to help you. So when he saw me going through this process and doing things that really felt good to me, he, he was like, I, I can't not support this. Like I want you to be happy, you know? So I, I was really lucky there. Cause I know that that's not something that everybody gets to have. So, so does he still go to church? Is he still active? Actually, he does. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. And we, we do it peacefully. It's amazing. <laughs> he, he, he does what's right for him, and I do what's right for me, and we support yeah. each other in that. Yeah. So did he have any concerns about the kids? Like, well, what? Um, well, here's the thing. So I, like, with my kids, I'm just holding a space of neutrality for them. And what I've asked of Michael is that he holds that too. So sometimes he'll bring them to church. Um, but I don't, I ask him just to not like push it on them. You know, like we don't, we don't do all the things at home that, that he should be doing. Right. Like he, he's just allowed our home to just be neutral. Wow. And when they go to church, they can be at church. And when they're not at church, they can just be at home. You know, and my hope for that is that I want Maya and Remy, right, my two two kids, to to both come to a place where they get to decide what it is that lights them up. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want any like should on them. 
Yeah. Or like, this is because mom said so. Like, I don't want that for them. I just want them to choose. And if they choose that going somewhere when church lights them up, great. Go for it. Like, you know. Oh, can you hear me? You're okay now. You're yeah, just, you're good now. Yeah. Okay. It started to kind of go robotic. So repeat that again, just in case if it recorded weird. Okay. Yeah. So what was it? Just that you want your children to have the choice. Yeah. That I, I want them to, to be able to choose something that lights them up. So if, um, if going to the Mormon church genuinely lights them up someday, I, I will allow that. Yeah. You know, it, it's just really about feeling that feeling it in your bones. Like I just want, I just want everybody to feel what they're doing in their bones and that's what they're doing. I you know. I love your story because it's so, it's so fun because we all have our own unique story of our experience in the Mormon church. And, um, that I was really, really, really religious and Mormon. And my ex was, um, uh, innocently researching the Mormon, um, history, the religion, the religion's history, and just Mm. stuff that just, just couldn't, he couldn't, like it just couldn't resonate with his soul and he couldn't be a part of the church anymore because of all the information they learned and didn't tell me about it, but I could just feel that something was off. And we ended up having a conversation and he ended up telling me, I don't believe in this religion. And mm-hmm. just with the men- mentality that I had and the belief that I had, I was like, we can't be more, we can't be married then. I can't be with somebody who doesn't believe in this religion. And I remember thinking my whole entire life was going to crumble at that second. Just, I mean, pure panic of, oh my God, I have this horrible husband that like is basically taken over by the devil. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we really, we really worked through that and found a space to where I felt okay. And he was okay. And basically it was that he had to come to church with us. So we looked like the good Mormon family and, um, and then he could, you know, believe and think however he wanted, but it was basically like, if you want to be with your family, you're going to have to continue going to this religion. And now where I'm at, not being in the religion, I have so much appreciation for him for doing that because it was going against his belief system and what he like, what he felt like was right or wrong, but he continued to go for our family. So like just going back to your story, like it's so beautiful that your husband is willing to accept you for who you are and respectful of your beliefs and is not trying to push you because I didn't give my husband an option. Like, as I know you're going Yeah, Yeah. be married to me. So for sure, for sure. And yeah, I, I am really lucky. He said that a few times to me. He's like, you know, you know how lucky you are that you Mm -hmm. married me, right? I was just like, yeah, I guess so. Um, (laughs) And it's, it's so fun for him, not fun. It's been amazing for him to watch my transformation. You know, 19 year old Riley and me now is like completely different human being. Yeah. Um, Woman. I can't believe that he even married me first of all, but like stayed with me through my, all my stuff, like the 19 and the 20 and the 20, like it was just insanity. I mean, I, I would fight with him so much conflict so like wanting to be perfect like all of this stuff you know wanting to control him needing his validation there were so many different pieces to where I was but ultimately it just came down to this thing where I was just like 
I have to figure that like I have to figure this out like I can't just keep going down this this thing and and there there's in the first coaching program I did there was this thing that they talked about which was like the uh certain and most probable future right like if you keep going the way you're going what's gonna happen you know and I was like I can totally see it it's gonna be divorce it's gonna be unhappiness it's gonna be you know, using all these things to rely on cope, food, medication, whatever it is, you know, and just keep going down that, down that path. So, um, yeah, anyway, there, it was, it was, there came a point where I was just like, this has to, this has to shift. And I have to, I have to be brave. I have to be brave mm-hmm. and say the truth. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. So I, a couple of things, I felt really similar to you. I um, wanted so much to make it okay when I went to church mm-hmm. and I would translate what was said in my mind and make it something. <laughs> yeah. And I did that for several years and I even had an acronym for Satan because I just couldn't stand the thought of there actually being a Satan. Mm. Well, maybe every time I hear the word Satan, I'll just think saying anything or thinking anything negative. That's what I'll think that that really means. Wow. And I mean, all kinds of things like that, because I just, I, I wanted to make it okay, but it took so much emotional energy. Mm -hmm. I'm home from an activity or church or whatever. I was exhausted. And mm-hmm. can't keep that up, you know, oh, yeah. you know, parts of you start to die and start to like crumble and it's just too much for you and you have to let some of it go. So at what point did you, um, you know, you said you listened to that talk about vulnerability and then you started to hear about authenticity, but how did you figure out? your relationship with your dad and your relationship with God during all that, because for you, he was a vengeful God. Mm -hmm. Dad, you know, wanted you to do this. So how did you reconcile that with both of those? I love that you're asking this question. (laughs) Um, And thank you for sharing. I resonate so much with what you just said too, about the exhaustion. Yeah. Like, cause I tried doing that for a while too. Um, I guess, so when I, like, so when I was diving into authenticity and vulnerability and speaking my truth and all these different things, uh, something else that came into my life was intuition, Mm. right? Like just the idea that wisdom is already inside you. You already have the answers. And um, a teacher that I was following taught to write to your intuition, to just write down a question and then listen. Mm. Let it come to you and write down the question and then listen. And it was so cool because this idea of writing to your intuition and just listening, it was like, um, it didn't feel like something that could leave and come as it pleased, right? Like it wasn't conditional. Like the Holy Ghost. Right. It wasn't conditional on my actions. It was just already inside me. And no matter who I am or what I'm being, the answer would come. And it was amazing what was coming through me. Like when I would just listen to my heart, the messages that came through were blowing my mind. I was like, that resonates so much. Like, and I just came up with that. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm brilliant. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so amazing. And I even remember showing my letters to my intuition to the missionary because I was meeting with them at the same time. And they were like, whoa, like that's so cool. That sounds so true. And, and yet it's not what the church was teaching. Right. Wow. So it was just like, I don't know. It's it, having that really helped me have this spiritual, right. Cause there's no, you have, you can't really explain that unless it's spiritually explained. Um, so that helped me create a new feel good relationship with something that couldn't be explained. Right. And it felt so much better to me that God is within me mm. and around me and you have an intuition and you have an intuition. We all it's in within all of us. It's everywhere. Right. Like that just felt so good. I was like, okay, so it's not just this man outside of me yeah. leaving and coming as it go, like as he wants to, depending on my action. Right. So it just felt better. Um, but I will say like, that fear um, that like metabolized in my body throughout all those years of, of God didn't, I didn't unearth that until later, like just recently, right? Mm -hmm. Like where I really had like a bodily physical experience of the fear I've had around a power outside of me. Right. Like it just like, it just, I don't, it just, brought me to my like into like a fetal position like there is this power outside of me that could destroy my life and take everything away from me that I love like that still existed in my body for a really long time even though I had a connection to my intuition at the same time so until I unearthed that it wasn't complete like I didn't feel that complete freedom you know, the, the, even the ability to share my story wasn't there yet. Cause it was, there was still that weird feeling in my body. That's like, mm, there's something still there. Right. So what? once I unearthed that and, I, and what, what it was, was I'm scared of God. Yeah. That was it. That was the truth that came out of my mouth. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's it. That's what's been bothering me all this time. Like I'm just scared of this God that's outside of me. Right. right? So how did so, you come to that? Well, my husband and I, <laughs> um, we tried cannabis for the first time together <laughs> and, and that's what came up. Yeah. I just, yeah. when you're, when you're on that, like you can really unearth some stuff that wasn't available before. Well, it relaxes you for sure to be able to yeah. see things as they are. Well, so what's interesting is I had been writing to my intuition so much up until that point. And I think like when I consumed the cannabis, um, my intuition uh, was um, enhanced. So my first experience on cannabis, like it felt like my intuition was like in front of me and I was just talking with this source of truth. And I was just like, so, and I was just asking all these questions and I'd hear an answer immediately, like right there. It was like a conversation and my husband was there supporting me. And, and then there was just this moment where I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I'm scared of God. Right. And I just started crying and just like, oh, this is it. Like that's what's been bothering me up until this point. There's it's, it was so, I could feel the fear, like just so there. Right. Um, after that point, like it was, so, I'm, I feel so light when it, when it comes to talking about God, I'm like, actually it's just, you know, it just feels good. So, so 
can you talk about God? Because um, yeah. I'm just barely turning the corner again where I can even say the word God with happy feelings. Mm. I have to use the word, and I still use the word, the universe, source, Mother Earth, energy, my higher self, inner guides, whatever. I still use those because they feel good. But I'm just barely turning the corner where saying God feels good. Because for so long, God was, like you said, an emaciated Santa Claus sitting on yeah. the cloud, you know, telling me that what I was doing was wrong and I had to prove myself. So I'm just mm-hmm. getting there. So how yeah. can you use that word? And how I, do you think about that? I'm not there. I like Summer uses the word God and I'm triggered. I can't, it, I de- it depends who I'm talking with, Summer. Like it, it really, I change the word depending on who I'm talking to and how they understand what I'm talking about. True. Yeah. So there's some clients I have that I use the word God because they're still in a Christian religion. Yeah. There's other ones who have never been in a religion and I just use source or, or, uh, um, universe. universe. And I don't know. I guess I just, I, I think that moment where I realized I'm scared of God, it just completed so much for me. Just realizing that that was what was bothering me. Like, and then after that, it just felt like I'm brand new. Like it was just like a new beginning. Like, you know, it was wiped clean. Yeah. Like, yeah. so you can use the word God now and, mm-hmm. and like, it doesn't trigger me. Yeah. It trigger it's me. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. I don't think I could use the word heavenly father though. I think that still triggers me a little bit. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I'm no. so away from that. I can't, I can't quite. do that. No. Yeah. I, I don't even want to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so far away. I don't even well, because because now I believe God is is not a. I don't believe it's a gender. Like I just a gender, I, even in like a like a you know, a body. Like it's not. Even, I, yeah. That just makes to me it makes it makes God so much smaller. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. puts puts yeah. God in a box for like, sure. Yeah, I can resonate. That, with that. limits it. Yeah. Yeah. So, completely. How did you, all right, here's a question that I, I want to ask um, members of the church in and people who haven't been going to church alike. So when we were taught about the Holy Ghost, when we were taught about the spirit, we were taught about feelings in our body. You know, we were taught about tingling or chills or things like that. That was supposed to represent the spirit, the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. But I got chills and feelings in my body when I was doing other things too, not just at church. And then I remember someone explaining that away, like, well, then that must have been inspired by God. It was something good. You know, like the, one of the articles of faith is, you know, whatever is good, we seek after these things. So, so that must have been good in some way. And so that's why you felt the spirit. Mm -hmm. So how, like when you were transitioning, you know, to, I'm out of the fear. How did you reconcile or explain or understand, you know, the spirit and what that was when you felt tingly, when you were in a Sunday school lesson or when someone was bearing their testimony or when you heard a hymn or something? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, it's so weird. Cause I feel like there it was even before I was like in my depression, like I think in my depression, I let go of 
Holy Ghost, Satan, like all of those different things. It just felt so irrelevant to the pain I was in Mm. that I just like, I was just like, I'm just going to stop thinking about that stuff because it's just making me feel worse um, to think like this is my fault and, 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 right. So it's so, it's so weird. Cause I remember like when I first started re- meeting with missionaries and having the pamphlets, right. That thing explain things so simple, right. Yeah. The Holy ghost is blah. Right. Satan is blah. Right. And I was just looking, I just remember reading it and just being like, this just feels really silly. Like it just feels really yeah. trivial. You know, I'm like, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I let go of these, these definitions and, and uh, entities, mm. I guess is the word, like these different entities that were taught about. Like I let it go pretty early because it just felt so like, that's not going to help me be happy right now. Like, I just want to feel some kind of joy and lightness today. Some like, can you, can I just feel relief? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I started um, writing to my intuition and feeling that kind of relief come within me, then I had the new word, intuition. Like, it's just, it was just, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like my transition is so non-typical, like, um, it's sometimes it's difficult to explain like how I let go. So no, you're doing you know, a beautiful job. Yeah. So much, yeah. so much of the stuff in, and not just the Mormon church, but in a lot of religions are, um, they have, you know, good intentions with what they're trying to teach, but it's, it's a lot of stuff that's outside of us. And that if mm-hmm. we're not a certain way, we now have lost that privilege mm-hmm. of using it. And so to me, I feel like the Holy ghost is your intuition. It's, it's, yeah that's always been talking to you and that's why you get the goosebumps that's why you get that good feeling or that bad feeling that's your intuition yeah. but um in you know in religions they like to make it be something that you have to work for to have or you have to be a certain way to be able to have that or it's going to be taken away from you so there's yeah. a fear around oh my gosh i better not do this or else i'm going to lose this and what really is the truth is that we never lose it our intuition is always there no matter what choices we're making. It's just a matter of, are we, are we in alignment with it or, or not alignment with it? Are we listening? Are yeah, we allowing like, it and allow it, allow ourselves to like hear what our intuition is telling us, but it's mm-hmm. never the way depending on like what choices we're making. I also think, you know, when I think back on the times that I was sitting in church and thinking, Oh, I'm feeling the spirit right now or the spirit's so strong or whatever. I was feeling other people's energy. Mm-hmm. I, I was feeling their sadness. I was feeling their pain. Yeah. Or I was feeling their joy. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, or I was feeling the innocence and the preciousness of these little five-year-olds. Yeah. Or I was feeling, you know, <sighs> that's what I was feeling. Oh my it, gosh, that's such a, like, aha, wow. That's, yeah, you're so right. Yeah, it wasn't my intuition telling me this is true. That's what I was led to believe. You know, if you feel yeah. something, anything, if you feel something during church, it means it's true. that means it's true. But I'm going to feel something in church because this person is crying on the podium. Yeah, and totally. I'm, I'm connecting with that, them. right? you know, and this hymn is beautiful. And mm-hmm. I'm not. you know, it's not necessarily something that's telling me that it's true. I'm just feeling their energy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it's not a certainty. 
where like, you know, when you wrote to your intuition or when you feel something come up and you're just like, well, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's it. Well, and there was also kind of an all or nothing perspective. Oh yeah. Of like if I feel the spirit once, that means all of this is true. <laughs> and it's like, well, no. And, and that was something that I went into my transition seeing that I had this perfectionism, this all or nothing perspective. So I was very aware of that going in. Like this isn't all or nothing. There may be a chance that something I learned with missionaries does is true for me while other things might not be right. So I, I just kind of let it be gray. How did right? you do that? Learning about perfectionism um, before, <laughs> like just being like somebody, somebody being like, "You're a perfectionist." I, I think I had like a free call with a coach or something, and she was like, "Yeah, you're definitely struggling with perfectionism. Like you're you're always going all or nothing." And oh, totally. Um, that yeah. was when I started like I, I was starting I was struggling with binge eating and you know doing the all and the restriction and yeah, blah blah blah, right? So. Um, yeah. And that was when I was like, Oh yeah, I totally am struggling with perfectionism. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm going to let that go. Like, I just want to be gray. I'm just going to be in the middle. It, it's tough though. You know, there's even still days to day where I'll find myself going all in or all out, but yeah. um, so yeah, there was just, it's yeah. about having a relationship with that part of you too. And just honoring right. that she's there and this is part of who you are and almost kind of just have a relationship with her and just, exactly. I see you, I see you're trying to come out and mm -hmm. make everything just perfect and right. Mm -hmm. But like, it's okay. We can have yeah. a bit of flexibility to this. Well, yeah. And, yeah and how it, something so big for me is how that, how that all ties into self-worth, you mm -hmm. know, like you're, the reason you're doing that in the first place is because you want to feel valuable. You want to feel like you're worth something in the world. And if, if you do it perfectly, that means you're worthy. Yeah. That means you're, you're, you have value here. And then seeing that and then being able to make myself feel worthy and just like bringing that feeling in my body. Like when, when you uncover all these layers and you get to why is it, why is this happening in the first place? Right. You know, it, it all comes down to this idea of conditional and unconditional. You know, it's like, is it outside of you or is it inside you already? Yeah. It's inside you already. Like, right. It's already there. I am you know? so in awe I know. of you. I know. You are 26 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I am telling you, it took me decades to figure this shit out. <laughs> like, not when I was 26, I was so deep into that. And if you would have said, you don't have to be black or white, you can be gray, I would have been like, what? Bullshit. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's your perfect or your shitty ass broken. Mm -hmm. That's what you are. So yeah. yeah, I honor you and just, I'm in awe of your journey and how you yeah. embody this. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. There's some, um, <clears throat> something that I, I took on as a kid to try to help me accomplish things was figuring things out. Like I can figure anything out. You mm -hmm. put me in front of something and I can figure it out. Right. That's kind of my strong suit. Um, yeah. We're so much alike. And so it's almost like I took that strong suit and applied it to my spirituality. I'm like, I'm going to figure that out. Yeah. And it's gotten me somewhere quicker than most people get. But you know, there, yeah, there was still a lot of, there's still a lot of, um, you know, I still went through a lot of pain, like, like deep pain in a short amount of time. I was like, wow, like this is horrible, you know? Yeah. So that, that was really a huge motivator. And then there were people in my life, people who are really close to me also suffering 
right? In the same way that I was. And I was just like, this can't be it. Like, this can't be it. Like, I'm going, I have to figure this out. I'm not going to allow me and people I love so dearly to just suffer. Like, come on. Like, that can't be the, can't be what God wants for us. That can't be, you know, it yeah. just felt so wrong to be suffering so deeply, you know? And then the typical um, fixers, right? Like the band-aids that, that were offered, I could see that they were band-aids. I could, cause I, I had watched people in my life use them and not get better. Yeah. Right. So I was like, nope, like that's not, I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm not doing that. Like I really want to figure this out. Like get to the truth of it, you know? So if there's anything that's kind of helpful from growing up in the Mormon church is that I do value truth now. Like I value knowing and feeling truth right? because that's what we talked about my whole life. Um, but it really does have to feel like truth for me. It has to be that, that clunk feeling in my bones. That's like, this is yeah, right. You know, that's a good so. Private. I love that. Yeah, I, I that's that is I, I feel the same way that the contrast that I experienced over the years of being in the Mormon religion, I'm actually really grateful for mm-hmm. because it just yeah. brings more surety of like what I believe and who I am and how I choose to show up in life and um, what what my purpose is and what I what lights me up. It's it's given that to me that I wouldn't have had if I had not had the experiences that I had throughout my life. So, oh, for sure. you know, there's, yeah. there's no, there's no bad that happens to us. Mm-hmm. Everything, yeah. everything we, is for us. 100%. Summer and I both believe that to like the depths of our core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all a matter of if we choose to see what, what is it that is for us for like mm-hmm. experience or whatever it is that has happened. And it's beautiful that you had like so young have like already have that clarity and see that and are moving in the direction that you are in. Now we didn't say it in the beginning of the podcast, but we're both in the same um, program together, the hungry for happiness uh, certification program. And that's how we got to know each other. And so tell me about like, tell me about what you're planning to do next. Cause we're, we're almost done. We only have one month basically yeah like a month and a half left six weeks I think and then we're we're done which is so like bittersweet it's been such a ride of Mm. beautiful awakening and sadness and like anger and like (laughs) everything we're not only learning these tools we're actually like applying them to ourselves and digging in and going through all this stuff like it's been intense and so we fully embody all these tools that we're now going to be teaching these women so what are you doing with like with your with your program like because this is all everybody's doing their own thing so tell us about what your plan is yeah so i'm taking a little bit of a different route um than the rest of the group, I came into the program for my food and body right. uh, practice because I had already started coaching. I did another certification before this one, right? So I had already started doing food and body. And then through this work, it's really helped me. Um, I don't know. It's so interesting. When I was telling just my food and body story, um, it was fine. But now I'm so ready to, sh- to have all of my story and, and yeah 
it's not just about the food and body. Like it's about like, what religion are you in? And what this yeah. and what that and like, where are you at? Like I'm a whole person, right? Yeah. So, um, so I'm now I'm kind of going into what, what I'm calling emotional health coaching, which is working with women who feel too much and think too much. Like yeah. just always feeling and always thinking and just can't get, can't go after what they truly want because they're in that spiral of thoughts and feelings and not knowing what to do with all of them. Um, so I'm keeping it really simple for the first thing for the beginning part. Um, I just want to work one-on-one really intimate, um, with these women, um, six months program and that's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm just keeping it really like oh, clean and simple. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. And I am just, I know, I absolutely know without a doubt mm-hmm. you are going to have women knocking down your door. You're a healer. You're so needed. Mm-hmm. You're needed. I'm so glad that you've risen up and you're following your passion and your purpose and your calling. It's beautiful to see. And we honor you in that. Yeah. To work. Thank with you. Months. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hour and I'm already mesmerized. I'm like, so then what? What should now I'm going to be writing to my intuition tonight. Riley, tell us what we should do. Yeah. Just <laughs> done that. Write to your intuition. Yeah. By summer. <laughs> oh man. So well, thank you. I really appreciate the safe space. I love. It's been yeah. It's really fun to share my story in this way, and it feels like a next level. Um, in my self-expression, which is awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Site and how can people contact you? Wildaircoaching.com. You can go to my website. Okay. Well, well, thank you again for the safe space. I really appreciate it. Yes. It is our pleasure. Oh we my are, gosh. We're honored that this is the first time you've told your story. Yeah. That is mm. cool. We feel so like... We love you. It just, it felt so good. It was downstream and flowed. It was like, yep, this is it. (laughs) It does. Doesn't it feel so light? Just, I mean, it's something that you said that you've talked about with other people, but to be able to publicly put it out there, it just feels like, ah, okay. Now here's my gift. Now you can casually talk about it. You can kind of, um, make a little post about like, you know, leaving. it's just, it doesn't need to be this huge ordeal anymore because now it's it's done feels so good yeah totally beautiful we feel 100 connected with you you're amazing you're our new best friend thank you thank you we'll make a trip you have to come to our our cert grad like we'll just make a little room for her (laughs) (laughs) who is she like don't worry about it oh don't worry about her you know she but she she gets a lot she gets us so we invited her along you know? i'll just pack her in a little suitcase <laughs> and i'll put her in the corner with like a little hole yeah <laughs> wagon behind so you. hold on so you guys both live in phoenix right phoenix is yeah that what you said you both live in phoenix okay yeah. cool. i'm in palm springs so four hours away no problem yeah we're gonna do a business trip and we're gonna go to california this summer so we'll, we'll when we're by. passing through we'll come and say hi yeah, and bring me along. We'll smoke some together. Yes! Talk to God. And yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan. All right. Being Thank on. you. Your story was beautiful. Was so this perfect. is going to resonate with so yes. many people. 
and thank you. I'm excited to share it. Yeah, me too. You're amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank well, you. Love you, Riley. All right. We yeah. love you. Me too, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Please follow us on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram at the Save My Name Project. <laughs>